Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. In the mini-series, Band of Brothers, which follows Easy Company from the 101st Airborne Division during the Second World War, there is a scene that I kind of came to mind as I was reflecting upon Good Shepherd Sunday and the readings we have this week and the prayers we have at Mass this weekend. And it is this scene to where, after having been surrounded for in the Battle of the Bulge, one of their next moves is to take a German-controlled village in France called Foy. And at this point in Easy Company, they have kind of received this incompetent, young, with little to no battle experience, Lieutenant Dyke, their leader. And he always kind of shies away and in fact ran away during a battle previously in previous episodes for them. And they are charged with taking back this small village. And as they begin their attack, Lieutenant Dyke gets so scared that he tells them to bunker down. He just stays where he's at and he's too scared to make a real decision. He simply stays put. And as a result, they quite literally are getting shellacked, destroyed by German artillery. Whenever all they really need to do is move forward, push forward, and ultimately that will allow them to engage the enemy and take away the power of artillery. And at that moment, you know, Captain Dick Winters calls in Lieutenant Spears, who comes in and immediately after telling Dyke that he's been relieved, says, everyone follow me, and runs headlong, first among all of his men, his new company, into battle, and ultimately they end up being successful in their assault. The reason why this story so struck me is because I think it's a good sort of representation and metaphor for what we've seen happen in the church over the past 40, 50, 60, 70 years. And that is, there's been this sort of brokered peace between priest people, pastor flock. That, you know, I won't preach about the hard things, you won't bother me, and we'll just kind of get through. And what has happened as a result of that? Well, we have quite literally getting shellacked. Less people, less priests, less fervor, less desire of our children to live of the faith. It has not been good. And has ultimately left us with churches that are empty and we wonder why Beacons is happening. But you see, there is always hope. And that's why we, I think, can call to mind St. Juniper Serra's, his motto. The great evangelist out in California who built many of the missions out there that still stand to this day always forward, always forward. You see in our lives of faith, spiritually, if we are not moving forward, we are falling behind. And ultimately we are going to get schlacked, we are going to get overcome by the, wills, the woes, travails, and struggles of this life. 
What we need to remember is that in today's gospel, as we celebrate this Good Shepherd Sunday, we can oftentimes develop in our mind surrounding Jesus as the Good Shepherd this sign of cutesy image of our Lord as Shepherd. This man who gently places the lamb on his shoulders, as he certainly does, for a repentant sinner. At the same time, we cannot forget that shepherds had to be rather stern, striking their flock with their staff in order to get them to go where they need to go, helping them move from one piece of pasture to another so that way they don't exhaust the land. Again and again, we see shepherds as an example of not necessarily gentleness, but instead of correct guidance and virtue. And it is in this that, well, one, the indication is obviously to pray for me. But then also reflect, well, what does that mean for all of you? And what should you be praying for me to do? Well, I think that there's a great, whenever Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Again, that can sound kind of cutesy, like somebody, you know, like a dog following you around the house or something of that sort. But where else does the Lord tell us in the Gospels to follow him? And it's after, immediately after, he tells of his coming passion, which we celebrated during Holy Week. And then also that he, on the third day, he would be raised, which we still celebrate in this Easter season. He says, whoever would come after me must take up his cross and follow me. What does it mean to follow the Lord but to take up our cross and follow him? What does it mean but to encourage one another in a life of faith? What does it mean but that we are called to be saints? That this life is not all there is. That eternity is for real. One of the reasons why I think people no longer come to Mass is because we told them that everyone goes to heaven. That's a lie. One that we cannot perpetuate. You see, I know them, and they follow me. I do you no favors by not inviting you to sacrifice. I do you no favors by not asking you to suffer in one way or another. You are called to more, yes. But ultimately, as we enter this stage of beacons of light, there's also reason for hope. I know my self-talk often, whenever I get into that state, can be one that shows that I don't necessarily trust in the Lord's goodness at that moment. And say, what the heck, Lord? Here I am, and my workload has just quadrupled. What the heck, Lord? Here I am, and I continue to struggle. Continue to struggle to try to figure out how to make this thing work. Woe is me. But yet... What that indicates is that I don't trust the Lord can break something good out of this. You see, what happens whenever we get into that mindset is we fail to see that the Lord is good. In our responsorial psalm today, we declare that the Lord's goodness and kindness endures forever. There isn't a moment when it ceases. There isn't a moment when it goes away. What we need to do is to trust that the Lord will bring good out of this. How? Well, I don't know exactly. But one thing that we can trust in is that he is always good. The good shepherd will always lead us to new pastures, to fresh waters, and that he will lift up our drooping spirits.
That much we know. And I think along with our lament in the midst of beacons, we can also look, how could it be better? What are the possibilities? I know for me personally as a priest, like, there's some excitement at the fact that I now get to work with three men. You no longer have to listen to only me drone on week after week after week. You get to hear different voices, different perspectives, get to know different personalities, to see that each of our paths to holiness are unique as we are. But yet, that path to holiness is always one of radical fidelity. Fidelity to the gospel, fidelity to the teachings of the church, that we stand out in a culture of death, a culture that denies God existence, or at least treats him like a senile grandfather. God desires more for me, more for you. And yes, the coming years are going to be difficult. They are going to be tough as we stretch through beacons. But one thing I reflect upon in that regard of how can it be better is like I think part of the vocations issue is that I've, you know, many of us priests have gotten stuck just simply trying to keep the plate spinning. Just trying to get by, slide by. Let me ask you, on this Mother's Day out there, is that what mothers would want for your sons if they're called to be a priest? Is it just for them to simply get by from week to week, day to day? Or would you hope that maybe they actually have the opportunity to make a space to where they can lead? To where they're not overcome with busyness, but instead can actually work towards producing fruit? Think about the possibilities of being joined together. Multiple churches means more greater likelihood of perpetual adoration chattel. Wouldn't that be freaking amazing? More priests, more personalities have already stated. A greater possibility of us learning to interact with other people outside of our parish that what we see beyond the walls of holy angels, but instead that, that see that there are others who are striving for holiness, see that there are others who desire to come to the truth, the possibility of developing new friendships that lead us to sainthood. The list could go on and on and on. But ultimately, as we celebrate this Good Shepherd Sunday, let us be under no auspices, especially for the mothers out there. You know, the most common thing I heard from my own mother growing up, three words, suck it up. Suck it up. <clears throat> my mom's life is not easy. It was not easy. She's lost many family members. But you know, she always persevered in her faith. And that always stuck out to me. And she never encouraged me to take it easy, but instead to enter into that struggle, to enter into that difficulty, to take up my cross and follow him. Because that's the only possibility of joy. So often we want to skip over to Easter and forget about Calvary. But we don't have one without the other. We cannot experience true joy unless we die to self. We kill our passions and allow God to come to life. Kill our selfishness and instead sacrifice. That is the only way in which true joy comes to reside within us. So I invite you on this Good Shepherd Sunday, mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, to imitate Our Lady. Whenever she said yes to the angel, 
she knew she was giving up probably what was a comfortable life. She probably guessed that Joseph would, dis would probably divorce her. She probably guessed that she would be scorned. And she knew the scriptures quite well. And she knew that by giving birth to the Savior, to her son, that he would one day die for the sins of his people. She knew. And she still did it. And she did it with joy. May we too embrace our crosses as she did. Follow after her son, hand in hand with Our Lady, who desires to bring us by following the Good Shepherd to green pastures in heaven and to fresh waters here and now in this life by which we experience true joy through sacrifice and suffering.